0: praise Jesus glory to God oh, I'm so thankful that y'all showed up tonight glory to God it's always better to preach to people than to preach to nobody <laughs> not that we have we've had to do that yet. we haven't had to preach to nobody yet thank God but um, we've been pretty close a couple times but we haven't we haven't been quite there amen but it's always better when you have a message to to minister it you know as I uh, it's interesting, this is kind of kind of a part two of last week's message and I may cover some of that stuff. I've been just, you know, soaking up things and studying and things and just, you know, the more, I just keep finding this, the more that you get into it, the more that you get, you know, and that's it's so awesome that the word of God cannot be exhausted just in one sitting, amen, that you just can keep coming back to it and keep coming back to it. And that's why we need to do this, right? That's why we come together. That's why we need to hear the word because, you know, for every little bit, that we get on a weekend or during a service I should say for every little bit there there's infinitely more yeah. to, to get out of it and not because uh, not not because uh, we don't know and not I mean we don't know enough but it's because you know there's so much to know that in, in a lifetime you couldn't possibly get there but you know the, the wonderful thing about that is we don't need to know it all up front right. amen Praise the Lord. We don't have to have we don't have to have it all up front in order to do anything, you know. Uh, you know how many know if you're going to drive a car, it's pretty good to know a lot about the car before you get in it and start going down the road. It's pretty good to know the rules of the road. road amen. But you know, with the things of God, it doesn't have to be that way. I love this. It is a uh, you know, as a baby Christian, somebody who comes in and just gets saved, that they have enough to start with. Amen. That there's enough that God can build on right there, and God will build on it if people desire Him to. Amen. Yeah. Praise the Lord. And I, I am excited, you know, in the, the way that God has been taking us uh, in, our, in, in the sermons lately and in, in just in the direction, you know, it was really about building his kingdom. And of course, this tonight's message is no less about that. But I, I am excited for it. I'm excited for what we're going to get into. So we might as well just get there. Today's message is called Kingdom Builders or Kingdom Blunderers. Amen. And I did look it up. That's a word. I just wanted to make sure. You know, uh, it seemed good. Praise the Lord. Is anybody here tonight other than my wife? Glory to God. Just, 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 just check it. Just want to make sure that you're all out there, glory to God. But uh, kingdom builders are kingdom blunderers. I did look it up to make sure it was a word, and it indeed is a word. A blunderer is, is one who blunders, amen? And uh, we don't want to blunder. We don't want to be the one who is ineffective or, or incompetent, and, and really it would be incompetent by choice, but we don't want to be that person, we don't want to be that Christian. We want to be effective at what we do, Amen. There is too much going on in the world, if you haven't noticed. And if you uh, haven't noticed, look at the news and you'll notice real quickly. But, uh, you know, there's too much going on in the world for the church to be stagnant. There's too much going on in the world for the church to just uh, lay back, you know. And, you you know, uh, Reverend Rich was, you know, as we were watching that, that little video that he put out for us, you know, it was, he said something that's really important, you know, about, uh, you know, getting the gospel preached to all the nations, and when it is, then Jesus will return. And, and some people would think, well, why is that a good thing? And it's, well, the reason is, is because that's when the good stuff happens. Yeah. I said, that's when the good stuff happens. You know, as we're living here, and, and, and this is, you know, uh, we, we, we have to, you know, I say this often, and, 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 you know, there's people that don't necessarily come to the church uh, uh, or are new to the church, and so they might know this, but, you know, when we move on to the next stage, it's, it's a continuation of life. It's a, it, it is a better life. It's more life. Glory to God. And we're not sad about uh, that as Christians. We should know better than to be sad about that, that experience because there are greater things for us. We're not going to just float around on a cloud somewhere. We're not going to have angel wings. And, you know, as I've, and I've been studying this out a little bit angels might not have wings I, i'm just gonna leave that <laughs> praise the lord but uh that, that's free no charge but we're not preaching on that tonight but but uh, uh you, you, you know we're not we're, we're not floating around in uh, on clouds and just kind of you know looking at the sky with nothing else around but there, there you know it's it's gonna be what this earth is plus better you know and we have wonderful things to look forward to amen Glory to God. That is, if, we're, if we are Christians, if we're born again, if we're believers in Christ, hallelujah. It's such an important thing, amen? amen? And we want to make sure that we walk that out and do everything that we're called to do here so Jesus can come back, amen? Now, don't you worry. You know, this, this week I was studying a little, I was studying some on, uh, on uh, um, Isaac, you know, the story of Isaac and uh, Abraham, when Abraham uh, went to sacrifice Isaac. And this was kind of interesting. This is another freebie, no charge. But uh, Isaac was about the they, 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 the 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 guy said he was about thirty-six years old when this happened, roughly. I think that's pretty interesting. It's a lot different than what we think. Amen. And, then, and, and there's a there's a there's a lot of uh, there's a lot behind that. But I just just another thing to throw out there. Amen. And so it wasn't just that that uh, Abraham was uh, sacrificing his little boy and putting him through, a, uh, you know, surely something that would ruin the rest of his life, at least in his trust towards his father. But uh, you know, Caleb walked in about that time, and I said, and I started talking to him about how Isaac was older, you know, uh, when this happened. And then I, I, I you know, but I, I told him <laughs> later that he didn't have to worry about anything. <laughs> Glory to God. God isn't going to call us to call me to sacrifice. Him. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But I was studying things out, and you know, when you get into it, you, you, you just learn that there's, there, there's, there's so much depth in the scripture. There's so much uh, that we can get into there, and so much that we'll miss if, we, if, if we're not hungry for it. Amen? So I hope we're hungry for tonight's message. Tonight's, again, kingdom builders or kingdom blunders. <clears throat> and this came to me as I was preparing. Uh, the power of God is not to build your perfect kingdom. It's to build his. Hallelujah. The, the the word the power of God, you know, and all the things that manifest, you know, of course we get blessed by it and I don't wanna ever uh, you know, negate that or make you feel like, you know, Pastor Jeff just turned and went in a totally different direction. But, you know, the power of God, the things of God, they're not to entertain us. They're not to, uh, you know, to, to pat our pocketbook. They're not to, to give us that special house or that special car. They're not supposed to, you know, uh, to give us certain clothes or anything like that. That's not what the power of God is for. The power of God is to build his kingdom. The purpose of it was to build his kingdom. And I suspect when the church moves back to the place where they really truly desire to build his kingdom and not their own, that we'll see the power of God in more manifestation. Now, we experience it to a degree. We've experienced it uh, just on Sunday. We experience uh, a little bit of the power of God. Amen. Praise the Lord. But how many know that there's, there's a, a lot more power to be had? There's a lot more things to get into. You know, Jesus said, the works that I do, you'll do greater works, of course. And we understand that th- there's a lot of things that Jesus did. There's a lot of, and all of that stuff that Jesus did, focus around winning people for the kingdom, expanding his kingdom, growing it. And what does that mean? It means getting more people to come to the Father. Amen. Praise the Lord. It says over there in, in uh, John 14, 6, it says that uh, Jesus said that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And nobody comes to the Father except through him. You can't get there through good works. You can't get there through church. You can't get there through a, a, a pastor or a priest. You can't get there any other way. Except through Jesus. It's the receiving of what Jesus did for us that gets us there. But how many know that receiving what Jesus did for us doesn't mean that you just accept it and then move on? Right. Receiving what Jesus did means you receive what he actually did. You receive it into your life. Do you know when Jesus, uh, and we're going to get into this a little bit today, but, uh, but, but the Bible tells us that we're, we're, we're created or recreated in Christ. So we should, this is where the whole concept of, of being born again, and this isn't where, I mean, Jesus did say it, I think it was in Nicodemus, he asked him, uh, you know, about this, and Jesus said, uh, truly I say to you, one must be born again if they want to enter into the kingdom of heaven, and so we understand that you must be born again, being born again, being a born again believer is imperative, Jesus thought it was, and so if Jesus thought it was, who are we to argue with him, right. amen? But, you know, the, the goal of someone who is born again or born anew is to get more people born again, born anew. Yeah. It's to it, it's expand the kingdom. And we're going to see this is the directive and this is what everything that Christ did and everything God is going to do in our lives revolves around this. God doesn't need us here other than for one thing. He wants us to participate in the building of his kingdom. Uh, you know, otherwise, if we got saved, we could go on and be, go to heaven and we wouldn't need to be here. If God did everything, that's all we'd have to do. But God has us here for a purpose, and this is not our final destination. This is like the real pretty train station that you stop along the way. Yeah. Now, if you've ever gone to some train stations, my buddy, when I was out in Kansas this last year, with uh, my, my buddy Chris out there, he took me to uh, I forget what they call it. it's one of the the you know one of the old train stations and of course they do use it for event centers now and all those kinds of things and it's this magnificent beautiful building and you know we've been in is it grand central in, in in new york city and that's a, a really beautiful they put all this money into them and then there's buffalo you know there's uh the buffalo has one up there uh, was it uh Central Terminal, I think it's called, yeah, and, and, and that's a gorgeous building, it was gorgeous on the inside, and beautiful architecture, and you know, these train stations, they make them these, they, they put, or they used to anyways, they used to put all of these, uh, the, the, this top-end stuff in them, you know, high-end marble, and different kinds of, uh, and beautiful woodwork, and it was, they're just so impressive, and sometimes these amazing murals and paintings and stuff like that. But you know, a train station is not generally the destination. Even if you go to a train station it's the last stop on your, on your go, it's, uh, you typically don't live at the train station. You get off and you go somewhere else. Well, that's what this world is to us. This world is, is a stop along the route. Amen? And God wants to bring us into much greater things. Now, we get to experience God's love and his greatness, his goodness, his, his uh, beauty. We get to experience that here. But that should not be the focus of while we're here. We find that when we focus on God, we actually experience more of this life the way that he intended for us to, and, and that's a good, a good way. But we have to get away from this idea that you just come to God to get a better life. Amen? We don't come to God just to get a better life. We come to Jesus to get God. Amen? That's the primary purpose of why we do this. Amen? The power of God is not to build your perfect kingdom, it's to build his. Turn with me to Ephesians 2.10. I didn't put this on there, but you guys are going to... You guys are adept? apt. I don't know. You guys are able. There we go. You guys are able. See, I was trying to use a big word and... A big small word, man. I, I'm, I mean, I'm serious. If I got to come out there and start tickling people, I'm going to do something. You no, know, wake people up. Praise the Lord. We're not going to have a down service. We're going to have a. We're going to have a infused service. Amen. Praise the Lord. Got to find Ephesians. I won't really come tickle you, but I might send. I might. I might send Josh to go do it. Amen. Because that'd be real funny. Praise God, Hallelujah. <clears throat> Ephesians two ten says here: For we are His workmanship. Everybody say His workmanship. Yes. Yes. Glory to God. We are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, yeah. Yeah. which God prepared beforehand, so that we would walk in them. Amen. Yeah. You know, I was as, as I typically am. I was inspired to look up that word "created" and to see what uh, you know what applies to, and uh, how, how many know I found something means to make uh, to make habitable that's what it means we've been created in christ jesus we've been made habitable well who are we made habitable for him we're made habitable for for god see the whole the whole premise behind what jesus did when he when he died on the cross is he uh enabled us to have god move on the inside of us That's what the Holy Spirit is. That's the purpose of the Holy Spirit. He comes to live on, or not the sole purpose of the Holy Spirit, but he comes and lives on the inside of us. And why does he do that? He does that so we can get closer to God. He wants to bring us to him. That's the whole purpose. And that's what he wants to do through us is bring others to him. God wants his children to know who he is. God wants people to know who he is. Amen? Now, I, cr- I corrected that because just because you exist does not mean you're a child of God. The right. Bible is very clear on that. Only those who belong to him, only those who have received what he has done, have the right to become children of God. Glory to God. Uh, but we want to be children of God. But we, uh, part of this, we have to understand, we have been created in him. We have been made habitable so we could do something. We've been made in Jesus for Christ uh, for for good works, Amen. Now these aren't just works that uh, that we establish or things that we want to do. You know, there's so many people that live this life just for them, just for their ideas, just for their loves, just for their desires, just for the things that mean something to them. For their, you know, the things that meant something to their parents or whatever. The people live for all different kinds of reasons, but if it's anything other than God, it's wrong. I said, if it's anything other than God, it's wrong. This is why we spent our life teaching our kids that you live for God. Now, we haven't always taught them right how to live for God, amen? But we've always taught them that you live for God. And so, in doing that, the very least, we could get over to them, well, we didn't do it right, but at least you still know you gotta live for God. The most important thing, but it's so interesting to me, it seems like this concept is so lost on the body of Christ. You know, we a lot of us, if we have a job, which I would say most of us do, or the majority of us do. If you have a job, you go to a job, and you think that you probably work for a paycheck, or you work for uh, to provide for a family. But you know, the Bible tells us, and we touched on this last week, and in Colossians three seventeen it says, "Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus." giving thanks through him to God the Father. And so everything that we're called to do, everything that we should do, we should be doing for him. We should be doing as unto the Lord, understanding that everything we do can either be a good reflection on him or a bad reflection on him. And really that starts from the standpoint of, 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 first of all, are we even saved or not? You know, the Bible tells us to be separate from the world, to be different from the world, and yet so many people, they become Christians, and then they want to continue being just like the world, and then they wonder why there's no power, they wonder why there's no change. It's because they live just like the world. They've never allowed that, create, that new creation to be habitable for God. They've never allowed it to become what it's supposed to be. Amen? And so people continue to do their things, and if you think about it, if you really start thinking about it, you need to think about it like I think about it. See, I get thinking about things, and I always get to an end point. I always go right to the end, you know. I go to the, the, the hard place, okay. If we live here, if we live here 70, 80, 90, 100 years, if we live here somewhere in that length of time, you know, there's a time when that's over. Now, I'm 45 years old, and if I doubled my age today, that's a pretty good long life. Most of us wouldn't, Most people wouldn't complain to make it to 90 years old. Um, but, you know, if I, if if I live to 90 years old, it would be a pretty good long life, but how many you know I'm already halfway through it? Yeah. I'm, it's already, it already seems like it's gone pretty quick. And so, if whatever I build, and I realize this, that no matter what I amass, no matter what I build, no matter where I increase, that none of these things are a blessing to me. I mean, they'll be a blessing in a sense that maybe they'll make my day easier, but in the grand scheme of things, it really doesn't matter. Yeah. And so all of these things that humans strive for, even, even these wonderful things that they think that they're striving for, sooner or later, they're all going to burn up. Sooner or later, they're all going to be gone. What are we building? Are we building God's kingdom or are we building our kingdom? you know, and this is something that Christians, I don't think really consider enough. Now, this doesn't mean that we need to get into some kind of bondage that we can't even enjoy life because I have been convinced. I've been convinced by the Lord. I've been convinced by the word that God wants us to enjoy this life, that there are things that we can certainly partake of wonderful things that we can have things that are a blessing to us and that he will even deliver these things to us. One of the things I found is so wonderful is that as you serve God, as you follow God, God will certainly open up doors for things that happen in your life that you never thought would happen he will open up doors for blessing in your life that you never thought would be there and God has certainly done that with us and I know other people he's doing it as well with as well Amen? amen but in that process he wants us he does those things because he wants us to have the freedom of heart the freedom of mind to know that we don't have to pursue those things in life he will deliver to us what's what's for us and the things that aren't for us, we don't have to worry about that, because he won't bring us those things. But see, if we're seeking after the world's things, if we're seeking the way the world seeks things, we can certainly add those things to our life. But in the end, they'll burn up. In the end, they'll be un- they'll be fruitless. In the end, they won't provide anything for us. You know, my grandfather. I, you know, my, this last year, it's just been just a little over a year now. My grandfather went home to be with the Lord. But one of uh, you know. Uh, it was two what two julys ago right two julys ago we sat there after he had just got this diagnosis uh, of this cancer that was incurable and untreatable and 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 they gave him what did they give him uh four point i think it was like 4.2 months or something like that the average person lived and he made it nine months praise the lord But, you know, one of the things he said to us, I'll never forget. He said, he just, this is a, as a, as kind of a a picture of it. He held up a spoon to us. We were sitting there having ice cream with him and my grandma. It was my grandma's uh, 91st birthday, I think. And uh, she went home to be with the Lord just a few months later. But uh, uh, he held up the spoon. he said, you know, when you find out that that it's going to end, he said, "Uh, all of a sudden, all this material stuff means nothing. You know, and, and I think about that. Those words stick with me often because there's so much that we, we strive for or strive against in this life that's just material. Yeah. And what I mean is is even, even just the pursuit in life, just to, even if it's just to stay alive, even if you're just, you're just barely getting by, even if you're getting nothing extra, you know, just, just striving for that is it's, it's material. It's nothing. There'll be a day when none of that means anything. And so we need to consider these things. We need to consider uh, what God wants us to do because if we consider that, then he can enter us into the things he truly has for us. Amen? Amen. Turn with me to Matthew uh, 7. Praise Jesus. Matthew 7. You know, in any given... uh, week, I couldn't tell you the week before what, what scriptures that I used in service. And as I was preparing this week's message, I had a bunch of last Tuesday's scriptures in there. I thought, boy, that's pretty interesting. We'll see how we get to them or whatever, but uh, it was interesting nonetheless. Amen? But I was getting more stuff out of them. I was getting stuff out of them like I never had read them before. Amen? So, uh, amen. Amen. That's what we want to get here tonight. Matthew 7, verse 21. Now, that doesn't mean that the scriptures, we find the scriptures to mean new things. We just discover things that it meant. And I don't just discover that because I wake up and have an epiphany. I'm like, ooh, but that means this. And then just come up with this whole new doctrine based on what I think It means. But no, through study and through you know get, getting knowledge on these things, you can grow in a deeper way. This word is so vast and so immeasurable; it's amazing. Even though we have this much written, it's you know some people are like, well, "What about other books?" So listen, you 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 won't ever get through these. So it doesn't matter if there was double these. It doesn't matter if there was triple these. You wouldn't ever get through these, so those wouldn't matter either. Amen. <laughs> Matthew seven twenty one through twenty four. Now these are scriptures that common, a lot of people commonly. Uh, Uh, we'll get frustrated by, or or get scared by anyways. It says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in in heaven will enter. Now that's a really key part to it. Not everybody will enter the kingdom of heaven. Not just because people call themselves Christians, not because somebody went to a church, not just because somebody uh, you know was faithful to a church. None of these things determine whether or not you go to heaven. Amen. Aren't you glad? Wouldn't it be easier, wouldn't it be a lot easier, it seems, if we could just go to church or go do something? Lord, just tell me what I have to do. But see, God doesn't want us to do that. That's not the life that he wants us to live. And we see that here. Uh, Praise the Lord. Got to find my spot again. But he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Now, I... Let let me ask you this question. How will you know to do what the will of the Father is if you don't even know how to get to him? You can't. And that's exactly what Jesus was saying when he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. There is no other truth. There's not multiple ways to God. I'm sorry, but the Buddhists, the Muslims, they don't get there just because they believe in a God. Glory to God. Uh, there, there, and there's many others, other, other religions, other denominations. Just because you go to a certain church, just because it has a cross on the door or a certain name on the door, none of that determines whether or not you get to heaven. Right. But the one that does the will of the Father. And that's really interesting. Jesus, see, Jesus, when he died on the cross, he died to save us. There is no doubt. Yeah. But there is a process that that entails. First of all is you must receive what he's done. But in the receiving of what Jesus has done, you receive what he wants from you. Amen? Now, that doesn't mean you have to walk some perfect life out, that you have to follow everything, that you have to cross every T and dot every I. It doesn't mean that you have to spell everything out perfectly. That's not what it means. But it means that you have entered into this new being, this new life, this new way of being, and he expects that that's what you would do. And there's a reason for that, because what Jesus saved us from is from our sin. He saved us from the thing that separated us from God. And, you know, and Paul said this in Romans. He's like, if, if, if we have been saved from this, then, then how would we continue to live in it? How would we feel justified to continue to live in it? We can't do that. We can't receive what Jesus did for us uh, so wonderfully. It, and it was so wonderful because we didn't deserve it. It was so wonderful because it was more. He went over and above beyond what, 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 uh, what we deserve way far beyond what we deserve but he did it to get us back to God despite our tainted nature yeah. but see this world doesn't want to teach you teach people that they're tainted everything everybody likes is okay Everything everybody wants is okay, but that's why you see people doing horrible things today. That's why you see people shooting up schools and shooting up, uh, you know, Walmarts and shooting up tops and everything else, you know, any, any other place where people are just hating on each other. The reason you see that is because you've, taken the, you, you, you've suppressed the love of God in their lives, which is the only true love and you've taught them that, that, that they can do whatever they want to do, whatever makes them feel good, whatever they uh, deem is appropriate or right or whatever, because whatever it was right to them, then by God, it must be right. right. But then when people act that way, people are bothered by it. Yeah. They're like, well, why is all this happening? And they come up with all these kooky reasons and kooky ways of fixing it, and none of it will ever fix it. No. You notice certain laws can get stricter and stricter and stricter, but it doesn't change the outcome of what people do. Because when somebody wants you dead, they're gonna figure out a way to kill you. When somebody wants you hurt, they're gonna figure out a way to hurt you. When somebody's against you, they're gonna find out, figure out a way to do it. The only way to do it is to get the love of God, because that's the only thing that's changed anybody in the first place. But see, Christians even, they're so consumed with themselves. They're so full of themselves. They're so full of what they want that they forget that there's a whole world out there all around them that's dying. Praise the Lord. Verse 22 says, Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name we cast out demons. And in your name perform many miracles. And then I will declare to them, I never knew you, depart from me you who practice lawlessness. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them may be compared to a wise man who built his house on the rock. Now, I want to take you to a a really interesting, it's a paraphrase, Um, and typically I don't use paraphrases, but it just brings it out so wonderfully. And do we have the ability to do this on it? We do. Glory to God. So go ahead and pull it up there, and we'll just read it from there. We're going to do the same scriptures in in, uh, the Message Bible. It says, knowing the correct password, saying master, master, for instance, isn't going to get you anywhere with me. What is required is serious obedience, doing what my father wills. I can see it now at the final judgment, thousands strutting up to me and saying, master, we preach the message. We bash the demons. Our God-sponsored projects had everyone talking. And do you know what I'm going to say? You missed the boat. All you, all you did was use me to make yourselves important. You don't impress me one bit. You're out of here. Go ahead in verse 24. These words I speak to you are not incidental additions to your life. Homeowner improvements to your standard of living. They are foundational words. Words to build a life on. Praise the Lord if you will work these words into your life, you are like a smart carpenter who built his house on solid rock. You know, see, when you look at it in a slightly different version, you kind of get a good understanding of what's being said here, don't you? You kind of see what they, you know. So many people—they're just you know—they they they want they want they, they want to you know do something because they want to be recognized. They want to be noticed. I want to be I want to be on worship because I have a good voice. It has nothing to do with any of it. Right. I wanna I want to be used here because I can have the ability to speak. It has nothing to do with any of it. I want to be used because I was, always, I, I was always not used, and now I want to be used. I want to be, I want to be promoted. I want this. I want that. You see, all these things. That, but why do we... And if that's the reason that we serve God, we've completely missed it. Yeah. See, why do we come together? Why do we do the things that we do? And all of that is proven out, well, or will be proven out, before Jesus. Yeah. Why we've come together. And I'll tell you, you can know how people are coming together by how they connect to what God is doing. By the things that God God wants to do instead of doing the things that they want to do. Amen? You know, uh, I I want you to turn here real quick. I don't think I had it in there, but go to Psalm 2. Praise the Lord. (laughs) Psalm 2. And pull up verse eight, and we'll read through verse twelve. I don't know if that matters for you. Psalm two. Now, this 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 first couple of scriptures is speaking to Jesus. This was a, like a, pro- a prophecy coming a coming Messiah. But then the the, the second part of them, from uh, verse ten to twelve, is actually to to Christians. Amen, or his people, we should say. It says here, ask of me. And I will surely give the nations as your inheritance. This is God speaking to Jesus, right? Ask of me, and I will surely give the nations as your inheritance, and the very ends of the earth as your possession. You shall you shall break them with a rod of iron. You shall shatter them like earthenware. It goes on to say, now what, what it means by when it says the nations for your inheritance. You don't realize this, and a lot of, I don't really hear this taught a lot, but this is a a very studyable thing out that you could study out. But there's a lot in Scripture, there's actually a lot in Scripture, not about our inheritance, but about God's inheritance. I'm not saying there's nothing about our inheritance, but actually, if you even, even over in Ephesians, and I've quoted it wrong before, in Ephesians 1, over there about verse 18, it talks about knowing what his inheritance in the saints is. It's God's inheritance. It's not our inheritance. It's not talking about our inheritance. God has an inheritance in us. Amen. Now, that doesn't mean God isn't going to do anything good for us, but he has an inheritance. And this is exactly God's inheritance is the saints. It's the people of God. That's what Jesus, that's what the Lord inherits. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. And so when it says, ask of me and I will surely give the nations as your inheritance. What he's talking about is the people. Jesus wanted the people. He didn't care about anything else. He didn't care about uh, financial wealth. He didn't care about houses or lands. He didn't care about uh, increase of all those sorts. He didn't care about any of that. In fact, when, when it was, stuff was even mentioned to him, he just kind of like brushed it off. You know, I kind of see that's what he did with Peter. It's just like, you know, come for the taxes. Well, why are you worried about money? Just go over there and fish. You know, and, and, and kind of, you know, and, and the same thing when, he's, you know, when, the, when it's come to time to feed the people. And he's like, we'll feed them, or you feed them. He said, you know, he's not worried about it. He's not moved by lack or, or, or abundance. It doesn't matter to him either way. Right. Glory to God. He had a beautiful coat. We know that. It was a very valuable coat. We understand that. Amen? Praise the Lord. And, 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 but it wasn't moving didn't here him walking around talking about his coat. Yeah. There was not one message Jesus taught, at least it's recorded, about his coat. Yeah. Right. Not one. No. Nowhere. No. In fact, I don't think, I don't know if, if, if Paul or Peter or James or any of the, anyone else who wrote in the New Testament, I don't know if any of them mentioned that coat from the standpoint of anything, Right? I mean, maybe I could be missing it, but I bet you that even if it was mentioned, it's only mentioned in the, pro- in the process that they, you know, that they, they cast lots for it or something like that. But it certainly had nothing to do with, oh, it was, a, you know, it was a you know, a Gucci, Gucci coat. <laughs> Amen? <laughs> uh, does it mean it's wrong to have, does it doesn't mean, my point is, is that he never focused on that. <laughs> he had it, but it wasn't a focus. You know, it blesses me as a pastor. It blesses me when I see people's lives increase. When someone comes to me and they say, hey, I got a new job or a raise or I got, you know, these extra benefits or a, or a raise and vacation, praise the Lord, or, or, or I got a new car. All of that stuff blesses me. It blesses me big time. I love to see it. So don't ever stop because that is fruit in your life. But that's not godly fruit. It can be fruit from serving God, but it's not godly fruit. It doesn't equate to that. If we stand before Jesus and we say, Oh, well, I got this really nice vehicle. Glory to God. I just, you know, I, I put your principles to work, and I, I did this, and my life changed, and here I am. And he's going to be like, Yeah, but, but you didn't put anybody in it. Yeah. You didn't bring anybody to church. Yeah. Like, you got a nice car, but what would you do with that? What does that mean? Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. Oh, I have this huge mansion. Yeah, but you didn't house anybody. I had all this money. I passed all this money down to my kids. Yeah, but you didn't get anyone saved with it. Yeah. You, didn't, you, you, you didn't send out any missionaries into the field. I blessed you and blessed you and blessed you. And you did nothing with it. Yeah. Wow. Except for yourself. Yeah. See, Jesus didn't focus on that stuff. Paul didn't focus on his stuff. He said, I learned to be content wherever I'm at, however I'm at. Yeah. Amen. So when he abased, he abased, and he did, it with, with, he did it with the grace of God. He did it with joy and the grace of God. And when he increased, he increased. And you know what he didn't do? He didn't throw it all away either and say, oh, I, I can't have this because, you know, I've got to be broken down and, and, and poor and all that stuff. He didn't do that either. They didn't make it a focus. Amen. But verse 10, we pick it up in, the, in, the, in, the, in, in, in what the, the saints part of this is. Now, therefore, O kings, show discernment. Take warning, O judges of the earth. Worship the Lord with reverence and rejoice with trembling. Amen. Do homage to the Son. You could say this, do right by the Son. That he not become angry and you perish in the way. For his wrath may soon be kindled. How blessed are all, though, are all who take refuge in him. And really another way of taking, saying take refuge is, is to trust, you can say trust in him. All those who take trust in him, who take it upon themselves, where they trust in God for their lives, for their directions, for the things that they do. And so we see this is his inheritance is the kingdom, his inheritance is the people, and that's what he desires. But God desires us to bring it in. He desires us to labor for it. We're the worker. We're the workers, and that's why the supply. That's what the supply is for. I mean, honestly, when was the last time you've been increased and you thought, what, "How is this, Lord? How do you want me to use this?" Instead, a lot of times, what we do is, Lord, or we don't say Lord at all. We say, "Lord me, how would I like to use this?" And I'm not just talking about finances, but I was like, maybe maybe we get better better uh, uh, better working hours or something like that, but become less faithful to God. Wow. Amen. Wow. There's all kinds of things, and I want to use an example, if you don't mind. You know, we have this, uh, and, and I'm going to keep some names out of it just for the sake of being on 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 online and stuff. But we have this uh, this this couple in our, that's been coming to the Corey Church. Now, you know, many of you know lately I've been talking about platforms. These churches, I've been seeing them in in the spirit as being platforms. Platforms to do what? Whatever a platform's for. Launching it. And we have this couple that's been coming, and they've been coming. They started coming through another couple who had been coming to the church for some time and had been actually working on them for some time to come. But finally, uh, somebody else asked a certain question for a faith fix. Somebody here in this church, somebody here in this church asked a certain question for a faith fix, which my wife responded to. And when my wife responded to it, it was just the thing that needed to reach that couple. The one, the first couple, they, uh, she always posts the 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 faith fix on her, uh, just on her uh, Facebook, yeah thing, yeah. She just puts it out there, and this couple saw it, and it moved them, and it moved them enough to bring them into the church and they've been faithful. Now, uh, some time had gone by and, and, and he was raised in kind of a different, a different religion from ours, not you know, a Christian denomination, but different than what we are. Uh, but typically uh, one that, that would uh, consider the way we do things a bit weird, strange, maybe really weird and strange. But one of the things he recognized when he came into the church is he recognized the spirit in the preaching. He, he, not because of me, but he recognized that God was in the mix. Amen? And, and I do say this all aside for me. But then, uh, you know, months go by and months go by, and he finally wants to meet with me, and he, he says, I, I got some things on my heart. And he's done, and he, just, he starts sharing the stuff that's on his heart. And basically what's on his heart is to reach people, and it's to reach people that are the unreachable people. What I mean is, is it's people that don't want nothing to do with God. They're people that nobody else even wants in their church. They're, the, they're people like that, you know, and, and, and not everybody, but, um, you know, there's at least some of those. And there's this one in particular, this hard case that he, and I, I, don't, I forget how he's connected to the man. The man was a, a, I, th- I believe he was a Vietnam vet. And he, he, he lives in, um, he's in, uh, we'll just say this, he's in the worst kind of conditions, um, the, the the conditions are are so horrendous most people would not even go into his place his dwelling that's how bad they are um, animals in and out at uh, you know at will kind of thing um, and some of the things that have been described to me I'm just gonna, I'm just going to be honest with you I've even had a hard time with and to be completely honest with you I wanted to go with him to help. But I didn't know if I could. I didn't know if I could stomach it. It was that bad. It's that bad. Just in what's described to me, so you can imagine. But this man knows that God has him to do these things. And so he goes there, and he goes there, and the things that he's done, I, I, I'm not going to go into all the details again for the sake of. But uh, he's been trying to reach, and he's talked to me about this man. It's like, want to reach this guy. This guy needs Jesus bad. He's, he's in, uh, I, I don't know what the medical conditions are, but he's in a really bad way. Dying, that kind of bad, and lots of pain. Well, on uh, this, uh, this last Saturday, it was on my heart to uh, call them up, him and his wife, and, and to, to lay hands on them and surround them and, and, and pray over them and, and, and release some things onto them, part some things into them. And at the end of service, as we're, as I'm closing service, in my heart, you know, and you have to understand that as I'm doing these things, the whole time I, I, I'm questioning everything because that's just the flow. Sometimes you just you, you, you know, God doesn't God doesn't always send angels to stand before you. In fact, he rarely does. And and, and and, you know, you have to like, you know, you have to you have to learn how to listen and hear. And and, and so at the end of the service, I, I, I just it was in my heart to, to pray for this man. And I didn't know why. And I can't even remember. I asked Caleb, uh, but we we have to wait and get the the the, the transcript later because I want to ask the exact prayer that we prayed over, prayed for him. But when I prayed it, I'll tell you, I prayed it believing that I was, it was what I was supposed to do, but I didn't. I, I was questioning it the whole time. Is it going to have any effect? And I think part of the, what I prayed for is some peace to enter this man's life. We get this message today, Pastor Jeff, Pastor Renee. Spent some time with this, this man this morning. He told me, now this is a man who would have nothing to do with God, wants nothing to do really with people. <clears throat> he told me he has slept straight through the night for two days straight. He is in so much pain, he don't know how it happened. And that it happened, and he, and he cried out to Jesus, I trust you Jesus I trust you Jesus I trust you Jesus he told me he has been lying in his bed saying this for a couple of days now sometimes the power of God is scary good when he gives you a little taste of it Well, I thought I would uh, tell you the good news and I just couldn't wait to Saturday to do it folks what we do matters to desire, to have a heart for people. You know, and the thing is, is sometimes there'll be examples in life, there'll be people whose lives we won't change except for the fact that they received Jesus, that they cried out to him. You can't erase this man's life. You can't go back and fix all the wrong. You can't even probably make it better in a lot of respects. But the thing that you can do is introduce him to the one who can give him a life that's never-ending. And that's exactly what he has. That's exactly what he has, just crying out to Jesus. But notice how the Lord was so good that he even gave him that peace. And, and, and you know, I, I don't say this as a, as, as a, because we haven't done anything except we, you know, we planted a church there and connected with some people and, and, and prayed following God, and, but we haven't done anything except for trying to follow him. And that's all, all this, 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 our friend is trying to do as well. He's just trying, to, just trying to, to follow after God and just to do his will, just to get to one more person. We never know when that one thing that we do that one time, and we have labored in Corey, We have labored in Corey. We have labored and labored, and it hasn't been easy, and there's been opposition. There's been things that have come against us, but brothers and sisters, I'm going to tell you, when somebody cries out to Jesus that would have never done it, instead of spending an eternity in hell, it will spend eternity with the Father in blessed glory. We'll never know uh, pain for the rest of eternity. We'll be completely set free, and we'll see the Jesus that he should have seen years ago. And you might ask, well, why did he go through this? Well somebody failed somewhere. Somebody didn't didn't share the gospel somewhere. See, we're presenting the gospel to people. You know, when I've talked about community outreaches and stuff, uh, you know, and and it's good that we get in the community and we do things and we're you know we're attempting to do that, working on that. But it isn't just about doing good things and being beneficial to the community. It's about taking Jesus out into the community. It's about getting people to understand what we have learned, so 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 that we that we walk in, that we live in, that we get to be blessed in. Amen. You know so many people are so focused on what's on, going on in their life and they fail to understand that that is exactly what the enemy desires them to do. Because the the enemy is just trying to stop this word from going forth. And a lot of people don't understand why, but the, the real reason is it's because the longer they can prolong this harvest, God's inheritance. The longer that they can, the demons can prolong that, the longer the devils can, can prolong that and keep that off, you understand they can do that. Because if the God isn't going to come, Jesus isn't coming back until the fullness of the harvest is ready to be had. And the harvest he's looking for is souls. He wants every possible person that could be saved to be saved before he comes back. Because when he comes back, there will be no saving after that. It will be judgment, it will be destruction on the earth. Not on us, but on the earth. It's all about mindset. It's all about what we embrace. It's all about what we see. We have to become churches that are doing what the church is supposed to do. What the church is supposed to do is love people into the kingdom. Now listen, I I think we have a great church here in Mayville. I have a, we have a wonderful church, but just in case you didn't know, if you've ever given into Corey, the Corey work, and just in case you didn't know whether or not it would be, a, be effective, or if there's been a Sunday where you've had to deal with me being a little bit burnt out because the night before I was preaching in Corey, glory to God, and you wonder if it's even effective or if it's even worth it. I'm going to tell you, there's one soul right now that thinks it's really worth it, even if he doesn't know it. And this is what God is calling us to do. Whether we go anywhere, it doesn't matter. Maybe there'll be missionaries that'll be raised up out of here. Maybe missionaries that are raised up out of here, they'll go to another town. Maybe there'll be other pastors that are raised up out of here. Maybe there's just whatever. Maybe we'll send people out. Maybe we'll uh, invest in, in, in other churches or other ministries. And there's things on my heart. I'm just telling you, there's things on my heart that lack two things. It lacks money and it lacks people. The only two things that it lacks, money and people. To accomplish the will of God what are we what, what are we hungry for what are we desiring for and again it's not this isn't some promotional to to get money to do anything because listen if, if, if you can't give your money in full assurance then don't give it I don't even want money that's not given in full faith I don't want people that aren't serving with full faith I don't want somebody that just come and does, does what they said because pastor said so I want people to do it because they love the Lord, because they love people like this, because they want to see the change. They want to see lives uh, uh, reborn. They want to see people that are put on new courses. And yes, there's blessing in life to be had. There's blessing for them in life. Glory to God. But we are the ones who God has determined to use. We are the ones that God has decided to be part of this. And you know, the thing is, is it's never been any different. If you look all the way back through Genesis, God was always trying to include his people in his processes, in his plans. He wanted them part of it. And today is the most distracted generation that has ever lived. And I don't just mean the kids that are growing up now. Certainly they're included, but I'm talking about everybody. Our world is the most distracted world. We're distracted by this and that because things are being thrown at us. But instead of seeing God, instead of looking to him, we keep looking at the stuff. And in doing so, we're missing all the people. We're missing the harvest. The harvest is falling to the ground and rotting. And we could be collecting it and moving on to better things. Turn me to Romans 8. Romans 8:28. 8, and just in case you didn't think I was emotional enough, I walked out into my field when my wife sent me that message, and I bawled my eyes out before the Lord, and I thanked Him because there's nothing there's nothing that you can gain in this world. And I didn't. All and I didn't even do. I didn't even do the hard stuff. I just. I just prayed once, or twice. I didn't even do the hard stuff. I. I, I just went out into the. You, you know what I'm saying. I. I. I just. I. I did the. Very, somebody else. Said, I, we didn't even. I mean, we. 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 Uh, told them we we're behind them if they need anything to help. But. But we don't even. Uh, we don't even control. You know. He, he does this all on his own. Yeah. This isn't even. I mean, it's not even about us. I'm not even talking about that. I'm using him as an example. Because an example of just another person who's willing—just and, and this guy is like—and I don't think if he was watching, if he is watching, he wouldn't be insulted by this. He's your average guy. He's—he's he, he's not uh, some you know uh, outspoken uh, person. He's not some uh, you know high flute in anything. He doesn't have some kind of degree or anything. maybe he does. I don't know. But my point is, is that he just—he—he—he he, he lives. You know, he, yeah. He just praise God. Lives for the Lord and it moves me i'm telling you it makes me think am i doing enough romans 8:28 i know we've been here a lot lately but we have to understand what this is all about romans 8:28 says and we know that god causes all things to work together for the good to those who love god to those who are called according to his purpose so many of us have, not necessarily in this church, but so many people have looked at this so long. Like this is, you know, uh, God, God causes all things to work together for the good, so, so everything in my life will benefit me. Everything that happens will benefit me. And again, I'm not taking you out of it. I'm not saying that God doesn't want to bless you. He certainly does, because as much as he loves these other people, he loves you too, and he wants to get you things. He wants to do nice things for you. But that's not what this is about. This isn't about what we can add to our lives. This isn't how big we can make our kingdom. Again, we, man. It goes on to say, "For those whom He foreknew." Now, I think I think I started to talk about this last week, but I I, I actually studied it out. Like God, God literally, he 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 thought about all of this. This is what this foreordination or this foreknowing, it means foreordained, literally. This is what it literally means. It's Before everything had been done, before one man had sinned, he knew what man would do. And he provided the way for us to be back into his grace. That's what this is talking about. But not just that. Because that's what he means by those he foreknew. He knew you before you were even born. You know, the Bible says that he, uh, that, that, that he knew you in your mother's womb, right? Yeah. Glory to God. But he, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. So in other words, if you study this out, one of the things you'll see is that the, 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 the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, they convened in a, like a council. They, 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 they got together and they decided this before all things were created. They knew exactly what was going to happen. They knew exactly what would come, come to pass. And they set it up so that every human could walk in it if they chose to. Those who are being called are the ones that God's calling, which is literally all those who God has called, not to the ministry, to Him. The ministry isn't about like see, so many of us, you know, we we could focus on on what we're called to. Meaning, I want I want to know what my ministry is. I want to know. No, it isn't about you. What are we? Well, God's called us to Him. He's called us to be before Him, to worship Him. To be in His presence—that's what He's called us to. That's what the calling is. Right. Every man, woman, and child is called to Him. Yes. Praise the Lord! He predest— but He predestined those, the ones who He planned a way for, to be uh, uh, to 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 be conformed. I'm lo- i missing out my, my scripture here. To the image of His Son so that he would be the firstborn among many brethren. Now listen to this. Conformed refers to the outward expression of an inward essence or nature. Thus in the process of sanctification, the saint is transformed in his inner heart, in his inner heart life, to resemble the Lord Jesus, which inner change results in a change of outward expression. That reflects the beauty of the Lord Jesus. And so what we see here is that we are changed. He first changes us in us in our heart, but he changes us in our heart so that we can be changed in our outward expression, what we do, what comes out of that heart. Yeah. Yeah. So I I present this before you a person who claims to be born again, but there's no outward expression of that born again nature, you gotta question, are they even born again? And I would present to you that they aren't. I would present to you that there's many people that think they're fine in churches because they go to some church. Because, oh, well, the, you know, the pastor prays, so that's good, right? Because, I oh, the pastor's faithful, and I go to his church, so that must be good. I'm not just talking about my church. I'm talking about any church. They think, oh, well, 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 well so-and-so could do that, so that that must be good, right? No, it's about this is about each and every one of us. Every one of us, as we we receive what Jesus has done, it's supposed to change something on the inside of us to the point where it starts coming out on the outside. And what is that? He's he's predestined us to become conformed to what Jesus was. See, Jesus could reach so many people, but he knew the more that he created, the more that he he, he sent out, the more people that he could be got, the bigger the harvest could be. Because you send one into the field and they can get some. You send 10 into the field, they can get a lot more. But if you send 100 or 1,000 or 10,000 or a million, you keep sending them and sending them and sending them, then nothing will be lost. And that's what God's heart is. But see, people don't know. You know, we talk about this message, and it, and it, and it just it, it's, it's amaz- amazes me how much of the world thinks that coming to Jesus is about becoming a better you. That's like the modern-day American church. It's all what I can get. It's all what I can be. It's all what God can do for me. None of it is about what people can do for the world. None of it is what people can do. And and listen, the world seems big, I know, but it doesn't have to be the whole world for you in the sense that you ain't got to go to Africa or you don't have to go to India or Europe or anywhere else. Maybe it's going to start in your own backyard. Maybe it's going to be starting with your neighbor. Maybe it's going to be starting with the person at Tops at the grocery. You know, I can't go into a grocery store now. And there, there's, a, there's a young woman, and my wife and I have run into her a couple of times as we've gone into the Tops up here. There's a young woman up there, and I, and I said as we left there on Sunday, I saw her, and, and I said to my wife, I said, i got a heart to win that, that girl. Yes. I want to see her saved. I want to see her serving God. I got a heart for that I go down in the town of Westfield I sit at the coffee shop and I see people walking by and all I can think of is man I, I have I've looked at storefronts and I've looked at prices of buildings I'm like I'll go down there and buy another storefront and do another midweek service if I have to now I don't know if we'll ever do that but I'm just saying that my heart is for people I want more people I want more people and I don't need to fill this church we'll fill every church in town I don't care yeah. we'll fill every other church in town. well if, if they preach the word you know yeah. what I mean We're not going to put them in churches that just want to teach them that they can, you know, sit on their duff, never do anything, and be good. (laughs) Hallelujah. An inner change results in a change of outward expression that reflects the beauty of the Lord Jesus. Turn with me, we'll close here, Matthew 28. Church, if you get nothing else, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to stir us And I don't want to stir us for this year. I don't want to stir us for this summer. I don't want to stir us for this season. I don't want to stir you for this paycheck. I ain't trying to get you out of it. I don't want to stir you for this trip. I I think that it's been proven at least over the past six months maybe even longer, it's been proven that the focus has been drastically changing at what we've been trying to, because I've been seeing things that, that I've been seeing truths that we want to get at. Amen? Not to say that we didn't teach any truth before. I believe that we did. I believe we taught as much truth as we know. But the Lord is shifting things. Certainly things have to change. We can't, we can't continue on like this, just coming together and, and having our church service, you know? Uh, and and not, not not ever being anything, not ever being anything to the world. We're not going to get before the Lord and say say, oh, we you know we had we, we had great potlucks, we had great soup Sundays, and certainly He's happy for that. And those are a tool, and I'm not going to stop having soup Sunday. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> we might institute a cookie Sunday too. I know I'm in, in, uh, I, I'm I'm. Uh, what did I just say? Instituting. I was saying instigating. I was thinking of that. I I I might in, I might institute Cookie Tuesday when I go home because I saw I got some cookies in my refrigerator that I didn't touch all day by the way, not one didn't even smell them I didn't even like lick one well <laughs> praise the Lord but I was tempted Matthew twenty eight eighteen. This is a Great Commission. We call it the Great Commission. Jesus called it, or I don't know, he didn't call it the Great Commission, but it's always called the Great Commission. We see it in, in, in the end of Matthew and the end of Mark. <clears throat> I'm not trying to stir people just for one day. I'm trying to stir people for a lifestyle. Yeah. I'm trying to stir people for something that's, that, that takes more, that, that, that goes further, that gets deeper. Amen. Yeah. And I'm stirring myself that way, too. Believe me, I'm telling you, there's, there's things I've run up against in recent times that I'm like, oh, that ain't good, me. Yeah. Talking about myself, reflecting inwardly, like, oh, I got to change that. Yeah. Yeah. And those things are hard to change. You know the things are hard to change. I got them, too. Yeah. <clears throat> it's not that I'm a bad person, you're a bad person. It's none of that. But we have to have a heart for adjustment to see what God wants to That's do. Good. Good. Amen. I don't just want to have church services where we have our own, our own shindig and do our own thing and everybody leaves, everybody leaves excited, but nothing ever changes out in the world. Right. If it ain't changing out there, it's worthless. Right. I said, if, if what's happening here is not changing out there, yeah. it's worthless. Yeah. It's worthless. Yeah. It means nothing. We will stand before the Lord rich, and he isn't going to commend us says here, And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Jesus said, go. I've said this so many times. The going doesn't always have to be you. Sometimes the going will be somebody else. But he said, go. We have a we have to have a heart for the go yeah, yeah. praise the Lord we have to have a heart for the go you know I spoke at the, the beginning of this year I just kind of ran across it my notes somewhere I think it was in my Bible I ran across it, I wrote it down in my Bible It's a year of transformation yeah, you remember that? It's a year of transformation yeah. we the transformations up to us are we going to are we going to allow ourselves are we gonna allow God to transform us are we gonna allow ourselves to be transformed or are we going to continue doing the thing we always do? Uh, we come to church on Sunday, sometimes on Tuesday. Maybe we go out to Corey and then we do it over again. I don't know about you, but folks, that's not the life I want to live. I, I, I honestly, I want to, get, I want to finish this thing up because I want to go where it's better. Yeah. I'm, tired, I'm tired of this world, too. I'm tired of looking around and seeing all the garbage. I want to go be with Jesus. Yeah. But the only way that's going to happen is if we win this world. And we aren't going to win this world. And I'm not talking about we got to knock on everybody's door. If that's in your heart, do it. But I'm not saying that we, gotta, that we have to specifically do that or that we have to, you know, we, we, we just have to learn to love people yeah. more than us. Right. Right. You know, it's one of the things that he said to me is that every time he's had to go into one of these places, our Corey friend there, every time he's had to go into one of these places or, or, or with these, every time the Lord leads him to do something, he, everything in him doesn't want to do it. He has to fight it. I mean, he has to fight it. Praise the Lord! I'm, I'm just been so inspired by the fact that he does it, and he does it without the backing of any kind of organization. He's like, "Let me do it. I'll do it." it? I mean, we we sewed into that the the one work that we you know the work that he's doing there. Uh, we sewed into it. Uh, not us personally. Do we sow into it personally? We did, and the church did. But uh, we, we we sewed into the, the this work, and 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 he was like, like, like. like like whatever he didn't expect it I mean he was thankful for it but didn't expect it well folks what are we doing what are we doing when we do it and and, and, but there's a difference and one of the things that we have that that so many other people don't have is we have this wonderful message of faith we have this, I mean, a wonderful message of faith. Listen, I am not trying to get into your pot. I'm not telling you that you have to sow a certain amount or you have to do, I'm not saying that. I'm saying we have to get first before the Lord and say, God, what do you want me to do, period? Yeah. Just period. Yeah. What do you want out of this salvation that you've so graciously given me? Yeah. What do you want from me while I'm still here? Right. That's all you have to do. Yeah. I'm not saying that you have to do that. I'm not saying you have to sow into one, one red set into anything. I'm not saying that you have to serve in any capacity. I'm not saying any of that. I'm saying get before the Lord and say, Lord, what do you want me to do? With a heart that really means it. That's the only way that things change. That's the only way that we get this thing done. Amen?